0: God, we are reminded that we are all in one family, all around this world. And in these days of unrest and turmoil and tribulation around the world, we pray for your intervention, for your Holy Spirit to be moving and working and using us when we need to be your instruments of peace. We pray for all those who have special needs today, for those who are are sick and facing serious health challenges We pray for those who care for them. We pray that you'll comfort the caregivers. We pray for those who've lost loved ones recently and their hearts are still breaking, even as they celebrate the new life those loved ones have with you. We pray especially for our our travelers, our mission trip kids today. As they go to minister in another place, we pray that they might be useful as your instruments of love and mercy and grace in Denver this week. And that through that experience, you will help them to grow and mature and begin to understand even more deeply how they can can do and be of service to you even here in town when they get back. And all those who are not with us today traveling, we pray for travelers' mercies. So many needs in our world, and we trust you and we love you, God. We thank you for being our God. And we pray in Jesus' precious name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like for you to turn to our text for today, which is found in 1 Kings 17, verses 8 through 24. And if you're able, if you would stand as I read aloud, uh, I would love for you to do that. 1 Kings 17, starting in verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. Only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I'd like to read that last portion of that verse I just read again. I'm now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went and did as Elijah said." so that she, as well as he and her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, and according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. His illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. She said then to Elijah, "'What have you against me, O man of God?' You've come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and cause the death of my son. But he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her bosom, carried him up to the upper chamber where he was lodging, and laid him on his own bed. He cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son? And then he stretched himself upon the child three times. And cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. The life of the child came into him again, and he revived. Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper chamber into the house, and gave him to his mother. And then Elijah said, See, your son is alive. And so the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God. And that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. The word of the Lord, may he bless it to our hearing. You may be seated. I love this story. While it's basically just a simple story of obedience and the rewards of being obedient, It has all the twists and the turns of a really good short story that could have been written by Flannery O'Connor or Frederick Buechner. And if you're not familiar with those names, you need to check them out. First of all, we have a prophet named Elijah. And we really don't know much about him, except that God picked him to be the one to face up to King Ahab, who we are told in the previous chapter, chapter 16, did more to provoke anger in the sight of the Lord than all the kings of Israel who were before him. That's pretty wicked. Now, no one really grows up hoping to be a prophet. You know, someday I want to grow up to be a prophet. Like we say, I want to grow up to be a teacher or a a firefighter. You know, you you don't aspire to grow up to be a prophet because prophets generally are not very popular. And they often get killed for doing what they're supposed to do. And then we have this other character from another country, a country where the prophet will be a complete stranger. We don't know her name, but we know that she's a widow and a single mom. She's poor, and adding that to being a woman, she's right at the bottom of the food chain. She doesn't worship the God of Elijah, but God chose her anyway for his cast of characters. Now, these two have absolutely nothing in common. There's no natural way in life that their lives would have met and connected and intertwined if it weren't for God's bringing them together. And to understand this better, you need to know a little bit about what has just happened before they meet. See, Elijah had just finished boldly confronting the wicked king Ahab, who, incidentally, was the the husband of uh, Jezebel. And he was the most recent in a long line of evil kings. And as chapter 17 begins, God calls out Elijah to confront the powerful king. And this was a bold move because Elijah proclaimed that a drought was coming. And that would mean there would be no rain in the land until God said it was time to rain. And that would mean there would be a famine in the land. Deep trouble. (coughs) Excuse me. When you speak truth to power, you'd better be prepared for the consequences. They're often dangerous and deadly, and especially when that power is ruthless and unrestrained in his power. So that's when God told Elijah to get out of town. He gave him specific directions where to go, a remote place where God would take care of him in very unusual ways. There, Elijah would find a wadi, That's a stream that only held water when it was raining. The rest of the year, it would be completely dry. And now, this is where the story takes its first twist. He would have, God would bring ravens, those unclean scavenger birds who pick the carcasses of dead animals to come and feed Elijah. Bread and meat, morning and evening. So he'd have water, Bread, meat. So, what's up with God providing a way to take care of him but using these creatures that the Jewish law proclaimed were unclean and unfit for a good Jewish person to eat? Couldn't God send a beautiful angel or maybe manna from heaven or something lovely and clean? Something other than the pickings of a filthy, dirty bird? Well, sure enough. God did care for Elijah in just that way, every day. That is until the wadi began to dry up because there wasn't enough rain. There wasn't any rain. So then God had another very unusual request. You're moving, Elijah, this time to Zarephath in Sidon, foreign territory. And I'm going to tell a widow there to feed you. Now wait a minute. God is telling Elijah to go to a heathen Gentile and then, double shock, a woman will provide food and housing for him. Do you get how strange this is? What a strange twist it is? God's telling his servant Elijah to do the things that were considered law-breaking. They were forbidden in his Jewish law. This is revolutionary. This is not acceptable, but this is what God is doing. And Elijah is obedient. God hasn't let him down yet. And sure enough, when Elijah arrives at the gate of the city, who should he find but this widow, a single mom, gathering sticks of wood, because that's what the poor had to do to get by. They would come along after everyone else got their wood, and they'd pick up the leftover sticks and take them home so they'd have enough to build their own fire. And um, so he started small at first, just requesting a drink of water. No problem there, because you see, hospitality to strangers was a given. Even in these bordering countries, it's just what you did. You shared what you had with travelers and strangers who had need of it. But as she was going to get the water, he added something else. Oh, by the way, please bring me back a little bread while you're at it. Now, this single mom was pretty spunky gal. Despite knowing that hospitality was very important, and despite the fact that God had prepared her in some way to do this, she also had a very good reason to hesitate before granting his request. She only had enough meal and enough oil for one last meal that she was getting ready to prepare for herself and her son before they died. No wonder she was hesitant to welcome Elijah to dinner. Now, one of the reasons that I love this story is because of this single mom. I've had the privilege and joy of <clears throat> serving single adults for with ser- single adults for quite a while around here, and I never cease to be amazed at the selflessness and the dedication of our single moms and dads. How do they do it? How do they function as two parents juggling their calendars to fit their kids' needs and activities, sometimes having to hold down more than one job just to make ends meet. I'm constantly blessed by their commitment. And I'm also frequently very surprised by how single adults are often overlooked and underappreciated. How many times over the past 17 years I've heard a single adult come into our church and say, you know, I guess I must have been invisible in that church I used to go to. It wasn't that they were mean or unkind to me. They just ignored me. And when I look around and I see all the gifts and the servant hearts that these single adults bring to our congregation, I'm so thankful again that this church has for many years valued our single adults. They serve in so many different ways at First Baptist And what a blessing it is to have them here. So my heart is warmed when God uses a single mom in this story. And we see her resourcefulness, her spunkiness, and her recognition of God's work. And her obedience to Elijah's God and to God's servant Elijah, this stranger from another place. And she collaborates with him to bring about good things. And as she trusts Elijah... She finds that, indeed, there is enough meal and enough oil that seem to just replenish and grow every time that they need them. Enough to feed herself, to feed Elijah, her son, her household. Things seem to be going really well. But then her precious son becomes so ill that he dies. The death of a child has to be one of the most painful things that can ever happen to us. And to this single mom, like others in her day, it was a double whammy. Because it also meant that there would be no one to care for her in her old age and infirmity. If life was hard now, it would surely be nearly unbearable later. And in her pain and affliction, she turns on Elijah. Why did you come here? Did you just come to remind me of my sin and bring God's judgment down upon me? And Elijah doesn't speak a word in his own defense or of God's. He just tells her to give him her son. He reaches for the child, unclean in the eyes of the Jewish law, but carries him up to the privacy of his own chambers, places him on his bed, and stretches himself out on this lifeless body. And then Elijah cries out to God. And we recognize that he, too, is questioning God, appalled at the death of this young child. What a great reminder that even people of great faith can question and doubt God in moments of despair. His compassion for the single mom urges him to cry out for healing and life again for the boy. Three times he cries out, and then the amazing thing happens. The boy comes to life again. Elijah hurries back down to the mother. See, your son is alive. It's such good news and the grateful and amazed mother exclaims surely you are a man of god and the word of the lord is in in your mouth is truth and so in this story god lets us glimpse a picture of what it can be like when two strangers are obedient and faithful and what it can be like when we're open To hearing God speak to our hearts and our minds and are willing to act against what we might have been told and taught in order to do what God bids us to do. And how do we hear God beckoning to us? What things drown out God's still small voice for us so that we miss some of the awesome things that God wants to do? In just a moment, I'm going to show you a short video Sometimes a picture can help us better understand what it means to listen, to really listen to the voice of the one who loves us more than we could possibly know and who desires the best for us and for our world if we would just pay attention and just listen. This video was taken on the busy city streets of Amman, Jordan. Take a look. shepherd's voice he doesn't have to use a shepherd's crook or shout above the noise to get them to pay attention he merely speaks to them in gestures and they trust him completely they would follow him anywhere because of that trust what's what has God been trying to say to you do you trust God enough to believe that nothing will be asked of you that is not for your own good What noises and voices are keeping you from hearing God speak? What blessings and benefits are you missing because you're unwilling to listen and obey? The foreign prophet and the single mom challenge us to look differently at those people in our midst whom we barely spare a second glance. The immigrant, the homeless, the person from a different religion a different of political affiliation, sexual orientation, race, class, culture, or whatever barriers manage to divide us. Just as surprising as the single mom from Zarephath's intervention in the life of Elijah would have been. So we may find ourselves surprised and blessed by those whom we would least expect to serve as our source of survival. Would you pray with me?